Today's talk is put the spirit back in, or put the spirit into your spirituality. Because we can do this by roads, but we, we need that, that life-giving spirit, that active presence of spirit. Now, I looked up, I looked up different spirit, what, what it is, what it means and everything. And the first, the very first thing that came up on Google was the seven spirits. And I thought, oh, what's that? And here is what it is. Vodka, gin, whiskey, rum, tequila, and bitters. <laughs> That's the first thing that came up with spirit. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> and then it said the, te- the term spirit in reference to alcohol stems from Middle Eastern alchemy. These alchemists were more concerned with medical elixirs than with transmuting lead, uh, lead for, into gold. The vapor given off and collected during an alchemical process, as with distillation of alcohol, was called a spirit of the original material. Okay, that made sense to me. And and so that's where we get that old, uh, that think spirits, you know, drink your spirits. And and I looked up spiritualism because I I, uh, I wanted to know about it. I, I, I've, I've been to some spiritualist churches and what have you in the past and... Spiritualism, but I, I looked it up and only from regards to Charles Fillmore, Unity's co-founder. And uh, Mr. Fillmore rejected spiritualism. And here's why, and this is why I'm going to mention it to us. In the first issue of Unity's original publication, Modern Thought, the Fillmores were quite interested in a variety of occult practices, including spiritualism. However, Charles Fillmore, without condemning the practice, soon questioned its usefulness. In an April 1928 article in Unity magazine, he explained, The principal objection to spiritualism, as it called, is that it advocates communion between souls that are in the body and souls that are out of the body. Assuming that souls out of the body have super wisdom. That's why those souls that are out of the body do not know any more than they did when they were in the body. Consequently, they are unsafe guides. Dying does not change the mind. It simply changes the form of environment from the physical into the psychical. Uh, I don't need more than that for that. <coughs> Let's talk about that for a moment. Because... We, uh, I'll say magicalize. I'm not sure if that's a word or not. It just came to me. But we magicalize going to mediums, talking to our relatives and what have you who have gone beyond as if they now know something. And I've heard stories. I, You know, it's, oh, I heard this and oh, I heard that. One good friend of mine who went to a, a medium years ago, many years ago, and her father came through. And she believed it was her father because he knew about a doll he had given her when she was seven, and he knew where it was. She, he knew where she had kept it. She discovered also that he was the same racist that he had ever been. He was just as limited in his thinking about her and their friends and what have you as he had ever been when he was in a body. And I found that interesting. I thought you let all that go. And apparently not. And uh, and so and, and I Eric Butterworth said about spiritualism that 
sure, we probably we can talk to those who have gone on, but why would we? Why not let them move on in their journey rather than holding them here to keep dealing with our worldly concerns? I've been to more than one medium in my life, and somehow while I'm in the process, it's exciting. And when I leave, I'm always more disappointed than when I walked in the door. Because here's the thing. Ooh, I talked to the dead. Now what? They didn't give me winning lottery numbers. <laughs> they didn't tell me one thing really that I didn't already know. They just heightened my ego is what they did. They made me feel special. But they didn't advance my spirituality. And so I always walked out the door thinking, and now what? So it seems to me in our spiritual practice, we need to do what will heighten our spirituality, what will further enhance our knowing rather than trying to get their knowing, which it turns out they don't have a lot of. That's why we had a problem with a lot of them when they were here. <laughs> and now we're trying to main continue the problem with only one body instead of two. But, but, to, but to look at this, oh, okay. It's fun. It's a fun game. But we need to not look at certain of these things as if they will make us better people, as if they will uh, make us more special. I think that, and if I need to be made more special by these people who have passed, it tells me I don't think I'm special. And that's what I need to deal with. Oh, I think I'm not very special. And, and so to continue to work on that, rather than trying to get something from outside of you to make you special, it, it's, it's really got to, it's an inside job, as it were. Put, remember, put the spirit into spirituality rather than the earth into spirituality. And, and, and so, so to keep with our spiritual practice, and that's what it is, it's a practice, it's like a game. Yeah, if you're an athlete, you practice it. You practice it. If you want to become a master chess player, you practice. Anything you want to become a master at, you must practice. And so it's you cannot become a master at anything based simply on the, the intellect. You will not do it by reading all the books and then sitting there. You must put it into practice. Any great salesperson became a great salesperson because they practiced it. They practiced different techniques of sales that worked for them rather than uh, reading a book on how to sell stuff. When I wanted to do stand-up comedy, I bought books on stand-up comedy because it doesn't hurt to learn from other people. What, the first book I opened, the tea, I couldn't tell you, even tell you who wrote it now, but she said... Make a list of everything you don't like. And then build a routine around that. And I thought, that is what a lot of stand-up is. It's about criticizing stuff. Oh, I hate this. And everybody laughs. And I thought, but as a Sean, as a spiritual being called Sean, who's, at that point I was studying to be a minister, I thought, I can't get up on stage, even in a comedy club, and talk about everything I hate. 
that well, that goes against my spiritual practice, and my spiritual practice was far more important than becoming a good comic. And so I thought, but there's got to be a way to be funny and maintain your integrity with, with the God of your being. And so I found new new ways to do it. I <laughs> what I did, what my my I'm not going to do the whole thing here, but but it is. I came out and said, you know, I've turned to spirituality at this age and everything. And I said, so I can't get up here and complain and everything. But let me tell you the number one complaint I hear from others. And that's how I got around it. And otherwise, and I'm not going into that. Go see my act. If you want to know what it is, you have seen my act. Just about everybody has. It's online. But it's, but I found a way through it there. And then from the rest of the show, I didn't complain about stuff. I, uh, I swore. I use a lot of language, but I didn't tell. I get up there and make a list of everything I don't like about the world, uh, and I don't. And I don't want to do that on the pulpit either. I know ministers who can get up there and tell everybody everything they're doing wrong in life and how they are sinning and how they should be guilty, and that's why they should be keep coming back to church. And what's horrifying to me is they get that message and they come back to church. I fail to understand uh, the, the draw. And it could be why we do not have dozens of people here today, possibly hundreds. We have the blessed souls we have here today and online. And, and so what I had to learn a long time ago, and I've there, there is a uh, saying in Unity, uh, with the Unity Movement, about the, we have a lot of small churches. And I've been sitting on a committee uh, of leaders who are working towards bettering the education system uh, of unity. And, and I raised my hand early on, my, my Zoom hand, and, and I said, first of all, we have got to stop saying that we have small churches. The size of a church cannot be about the numbers. The size of a church is about the, the, the consciousness. It's are the people who are attending our churches thriving because of the information we're passing along, because of the encouragement we are offering? Are the people who show up, are they thriving in one way or another? If so, it's a big church. I remember years ago, a minister who had been around a lot of churches, he said, Sean, you have the biggest small church I've ever been to. <laughs> and because we have a big mentality here. And, I, I, and so I've never judged how many people are in the seats. That's not true. I uh, I have, and then I have to remind myself, oh, no, you don't, Sean. You, you judge by uh, letting spirit give you an information, by going within to spirit, the, the breath. See, I'm getting back there to the theme. Uh, getting back into, is the breath of God breathing on everybody here today? Is the breath of God breathing on and through me at my invitation today. You know, I'll ask you, is the breath of God breathing in and through and on you today because you have invited it to? And if, if, that's, if you haven't invited it to, because a lot of us have gotten out of the habit of inviting spirit into us and through us and as us and on us and all about us, today you're being reminded. First thing in the day, invite God, Spirit, to breathe on you, to influence you. 
Isn't that what they're called now on the internet? Influencers. Influencers yeah. I just heard that term yesterday. And uh, uh, let spirits, let Holy Spirit, let God, whatever you understand as that, that source of life, be your greatest influencer. Let that be what influences your thinking, your breathing, your choice of wardrobe, your choice of whatever. Let it remind you to brush your teeth. Let it remind you of how to brush your teeth. You know, let it remind you of everything. Let that be your accompaniment for the day. Your greatest influencer will be the breath of God, the voice of spirit. Imagine that. How, how uh, thrilling life can be when there is a continuous invitation to your source to influence how you think, how you speak, and how you hear each person speak. And let's face it, we, uh, we all hear each other differently. Because How do I know this? Because I know I have been known to hear somebody say something and I've taken offense to it. And somebody else says, what did you hear them say? Because I didn't hear anything offensive. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> did I just make up that it was offensive? Or are you just blind to how offensive they were? I, uh, and I, uh, so I, I have to go back and say, wait a minute. Did I make up their motive? Did I create a motive that didn't exist? Well, let me tell you. If I am living from the place of, as God is for me, nothing could be against me, then I, I'm always making it up if I think somebody is against me, aren't I? If I actually believe that as God is for me, nothing could be against me, ever. Nothing and no one, no thing. Okay, so they're not against me. Well, I heard this but it can't be that they are against me. So I need to go back and ask, what did you mean by that? Or I may have to go within and say, Spirit, what is the, the influence of those comments that I interpreted this way, but I know what, what I, my, interpre my interpretation cannot be true? I need a true interpretation. Because in my spirituality, I want, I need to believe that I am loved. And that I am loved with an everlasting love. I need this. I, it is essential to my being to assume that I am loved with an everlasting love. Anybody? Anybody else that's essential to Okay, then you're going to think things differently this week then, aren't you? When you look at your money, you're going to assume you are loved rather than judging numbers. When you look at your knees, you are going to assume, as God is for me, nothing could be against me, so my knees are not against me. When you look at your past, you're going to assume, well, wait a minute, as God is for me, nothing could be against me, so my past could not be against me. 
It has to be for me. In our Wednesday night, The Power of Now class, which I still invite you all, anybody, everybody, <clears throat> we're, we're reading, to, to attend, we're reading it slowly, so it's not like, oh my gosh, I missed all this. But the point is, in The Power of Now, there is no power of then. The other, David's been taking the class, and David's been healing from surgery and what have you. So David was in the class the other night, and uh, when we finished the Zoom class, he and I sat down in the living room to talk, and there was no place in our conversation for anything from his or my past to bring us misery today. Not possible, because right now there is only God. Right now, there is life, there is love, there is intelligence, there is presence, there is power right now. And so when we finished our class, we were still in now. When I woke up on Thursday, I was still in now. And so I wasn't going to join anybody in the past. So in now, and then that afternoon, uh, I took David to a couple of doctor's appointments. He was very grateful. And I didn't complain about anything because I was in the now. Traffic is only about a fear of the future. Do we hear that? Traffic is only about fear of the future if I'm upset about traffic. It's because I think I'm going to be in it forever. <laughs> and it's going to ruin my life forever. But right now, I'm sitting in traffic. It has no inherent meaning. Some could say, well, it means I'm going to be late, but that's in the future. That's not right now. I'm not going to be late right now. Right now, right on time. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we begin to change our life. And that's putting spirit into our spirituality. That's, you know, that spirit. Oh, I, I'm here. I'm God being me. Life flows through me now. Love flows through me now. I, don't, I may not recognize it, but it doesn't mean it's not here. And I've gotten through many a hard moment over the years remembering, oh, God is here. I just don't recognize it. Lately, weird things are happening. I feel that somebody is trying to talk to me in one way or another. I'm finding dimes in the street. It tails up. I... Uh, I had to laugh yesterday. I couldn't find my phone. And that's unusual for me. And we have a new kitty, and I, I, just, I just simply said, uh, Dudley, where, where's my phone? And I turned around, and there was my phone right in the middle of the bed. I don't understand. <laughs> How could that have happened? Except I don't think Dudley, you know, a little kitty, went and found my phone and pulled it up. But I, I asked, where's my phone? Well, there it is. Weird things like that. And, and, and yet, I, can't, I, I cannot hear uh, say spiritualism. <laughs> that that uh, dead people are hand tossing me my phone or throwing me dimes. But I, I do believe in connection amongst all beings. That there is a connection and a communication amongst all beings. And it doesn't make any one of us special. Some people are really good at connecting with the, the invisible people. And uh, others, they're not even good with connecting with the visible people. <laughs> uh, you know, I can't even connect with their husband or wife. <laughs> it's, uh, 
And so we need to look at it and say, okay, this is what I want. I want spirit in my spirituality. I want to know that my good is here now. I want to assume my good is here now, whether I find my phone or not. I want to know that my good is here now, whether you agree with me or not. I want to know that my good is here now, even if I've made mistakes. Even, you know, I forgot to put the donate button up today. You know, uh, there's a time, not that long ago, I would have been so rattled and so upset over that. Oh no, I've lost the church all this money. I haven't lost church any money. Everybody's watching today can easily go to our website and hit a, hit a donate button and do it that way. You know, there are ways to give if somebody wants to give. I made it less easy today. You're welcome. <laughs> you have to go out of your way to give. How about that? Last week, I had to walk a half a block backward to give somebody money who asked for it on the street because I had to rethink it. He asked, I have to give. And I got money out of my pocket and then I walked half a block back and said, here you go. Because I had to give. The voice inside of me said, Sean, you have to give to this person. He asked. And that's, isn't that life and connection? We have to connect because we are connected. And, and, and so where does that voice come from? I call it spirit. It's not separate from me. It's the highest part of me that reminds me of the good that I am. The good that I can practice. See, I know some people who are just automatically generous. They don't have to think about it. They have a yes mentality. Who here has watched Ted Lasso on Apple TV? Wow. Wow. I beg of you, watch it. Please watch this. It's worth the price of Apple TV. I haven't watched a show like this in such a long time that is as funny as it is and filled with light. Ted Lasso is a soccer coach from Kansas who was hired to, uh, they call it football in England, but it's soccer, to coach them. And he is in constant non-resistance. No matter what anybody does to thwart him, he doesn't let it face him. Because what they're doing is not about him. He's always coming forward in love. And you wouldn't expect this in this scenario. And the ways that he does it is so funny and so perplexing to the rest of the cast. Like, and, it's, and it's wonderful. And we've watched so many, I, I don't know if you call them dark or not. We just finished the first, the first 17 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> oh, that was rough gang I gotta tell you I was starting to worry about these people I would dream about them I, uh, oh man halfway through the series but we once we committed that was what we watched and I missed the people a little bit it's like huh where's Meredith <laughs> where's Grav you know oh. and uh, Bailey come talk to me and, uh, and so it's been about two weeks now. We've not been watching anything. So I had to find some other things about that. Things that 
I like funny things, but I couldn't do anything dark. I needed light right now. And we found it. Something I don't mind watching just before bed. Because it will put me to sleep gently. And, and so... I'm just going on and on here. Put the spirit into spirituality. Let me read just a little bit, I hope. Spirituality involves the recognition of a feeling or sense or belief that there is something greater than myself. And when it says myself, it doesn't mean Sean. It means my egoic self. It means my worldly self. The only th one only thinks about getting the world to be better and the people in the world to be better so I don't have to be afraid of them. It means great, you know, get me back into my spiritual self. When you heard me say that Christ in me is awake now, and what that means, my memory of God, my memory of good, my memory of life and love is awake now. My memory of my true self is awake now, and my memory of your true self, your true self is awake now. No matter what self you are displaying to me, I want my memory of your true self awake because my memory of my true self is awake. Think of it in that way. Okay, something more to being human than sensory, sensory experience and that the greater whole of which we are part is cosmic or divine in nature. Spirituality means knowing that our lives have significance in a context beyond a mundane everyday existence at the level of biological needs that drive selfishness and aggression. It means knowing that we are a significant part of a purposeful unfolding of life in our universe. Spirituality involves exploring certain universal themes, love, compassion, altruism, wisdom, and truth. And then spirit. So this is the unity's definition. God is the moving force in the universe. Principle. As the breath of life in all creation. The principle of life creative intelligence and life. We sometimes discover within ourselves a flow of thought that has been evolved independently of the reasoning process and we are puzzled about its origin and its safety as a guide. In its beginnings, this seemingly strange source of knowledge is turned aside as a daydream. Again, it seems a distant voice an echo of something that we have heard and forgotten. One should give attention to this unusual and usually faint whispering of spirit in man. It is the development in man of a greater capacity to know him or herself and to understand the purpose of creation. When one concentrates all the faculties on truth, capital T, truth ideas, the conscious mind and superconscious mind blend. There is a, and there is a descent of spiritual energies into soul and body. Then the faculties receive new power to express truth, and the body is renewed. <coughs> so, let us put our faith into divine spiritual possibility. Let us release our faith from limitation. Let us release our faith from lack. Let us release our faith from what is not truth. Let us release our faith from the belief that the past is an honest guide 
Let us release our faith that the future is missing something. Let us release our faith that our body is our master. Let us release our faith that our money is our master. Let us release our faith that our friends' opinions are our master. Let us release our faith that the world is our master. Let us increase our faith in life, truth, substance, wisdom, understanding, love. Let us welcome that voice that tells us we are good. Our neighbors are good, whether we like them or not. And it is our holy commandment to love God, to love ourselves, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Let this become our driving voice as we go from here today. Let's listen to Kenneth remind us of something vital. <laughs>